This is the Black and White Podcast with Birch and Lauren Paul. Join us as we tackle topics about real life, relationships, growth, and faith. Through everyday scenarios, honest discussion, and a focus on unity, we'll discover together that life is pretty black and white. And also, not so much. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Black and White Podcast Season 2, Episode 10. Back on the podcast again, what's happening? My name is Birch and I'm joined with my co-host as always, Mrs. Lauren Paul. What's up everybody? The MRS. Wow, Episode 10 already? Yes, Episode 10. (laughs) We must have a lot to say. Yes, there's, there's there's a lot of good things to talk about and man, it's been a fun season um, especially just over the last couple of episodes, received a lot of really great feedback. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you guys so much who have been listening to the podcast. Um, no matter if like you were listening to like the most recent episode about how to select the right spouse or church hurt, that got a lot of great feedback. A lot of people personally reaching out to us, reaching out to us on social and everything like that. So thankful that you guys were encouraged by that content, that you listened to it. In that it uh, it brought you value. So thank you guys so much for checking those out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we'll say this over and over. You know, our heart with this podcast is to really just dialogue and have a conversation about really the things we know are pressing on people's hearts. You know, what are the areas? And maybe, maybe for somebody, you know, like me, you don't have someone right now in your season that you can go to to process these things. And so, you know, thankfully we have those people now in our life, but there was a time I remember, you know, when hot topics came up or things came up, I didn't know how to process these Mm -hmm. things. I didn't, my mindset wasn't in the space it needed to be. And so our heart with these episodes is to just give you a, just a real and raw dialogue on yeah. what we believe God has impressed upon our hearts on these areas and hope that it helps you not do it our way. Because I'll tell you this, I, I hope people realize we do not have it all figured out. Yep. What we do know is we hope that it just helps begin the conversation for you to go find trusted mentorship, to continue to process, to maybe shift your perspective and just really grow in mindset. I think that's the biggest thing here. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about growth. And all growth is good growth. And even if it feels like it's slow, it's good. So, yeah, today's uh, episode might be a multi-parter. So hang on for a little bit of content. We've got a few ideas and some things that we want to sit up and, uh, sit and talk about. You know, some of it, as a matter of fact, um, kind of came, you know, in a like random time of sitting on a flight, I remember, and just jotting down some thoughts about things that I was asking as a dad, my asking myself, asking people, asking friends, things I was pondering on, things that we had had some victories in, things that we had had some, you know, learning opportunities in, things that were, um, that were working and not working in our own parenting. And, um, and, and this episode is about parenting. And um, if you don't know, we're parents, we we're married, you know, you know, 12 years going on 13 years. And you always look at me like, yeah. that. cause 
One thing I will say is I'm horrible with numbers. Birch literally always looks at me when he says how long we've been married. Yeah. And, <laughs> Going and, on 13. Yep. yep I actually yep, knew that. Yep. And and we've got three boys and, you know, they're, they're as different from each other as they possibly could be. It's funny. They kind of all look the same, but different, kind of all act the same, but completely different. And the thing about having multiple kids and parenting is you can raise all your kids in the same house and they're all different. Uh, But what is important, I think, is to create a culture in your home that helps raise your kids in the way that you believe they should be going. For us, it's based upon what the Bible says. It's it's living with a Jesus-centered life. It's it's living uh, on the foundation of the Word of God. And so we've got some specific things that we want to happen in our kids' lives, and uh, we want to have a culture that helps create that. You know, we could have all the best intentions that we want, but if our house doesn't have the culture to create that, then we're just going to be hoping and wishing and never really seeing a result. And so we've just had a few uh, thoughts that we were thinking about. And, you know, I was thinking about titling this uh, this this episode Weapons of Mass Parenting. Or reconstru- mass reconstruction, or yeah, we don't want destruction. <laughs> yeah, construction. <laughs> so, yeah, not we definitely want a, yeah reconstruction. But, <laughs> but essentially, it's a couple of tools I think that every parent needs to have in their arsenal, in their tool belt. Um, every every single parent, every you know, people who you know, your your husband and wife parenting together, no matter what stage of life or parenting you find yourself in, old or young, I think it's important to have these tools in your arsenal as a parent to really help create a great culture in your home. And um, so let's dive in. the 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 first thought that I think we'll camp on a little bit for today's episode is this idea of having a family motto or a life verse. Mm. This has become something that I consider to be very, very important because I'm a words person. I'm a words of affirmation person. You know, I, I like to write songs. I like to I like to write sermons. I love the idea of getting a thought out there and letting it prevail over everything and, and the things that you do and say and write um, all kind of support that original idea. And I think it's also very true for our, our family and for in our parenting that it was important for us to have something that we would hang our hats on as a family so that no matter what season of life we find ourselves in, no matter what situation we find ourselves in here at the house, kids with their friends, extended family at school, so on and so forth, that we would always know our vision for our family's life. Why does our family exist? Not just in the world, but honestly on the block. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we in this neighborhood? Why are we in this school? Why are we in this circle of friends? Why are we in this extended family? I think it's important to start with the vision and some type of family motto. Yeah, so we, you know, obviously Birch is really great with words. In case you don't know, he writes songs. He's just, I don't even understand. It comes very na- naturally, I would say, God has given him away with words. I do also I write love them. words. Let's see. We don't They're not always good, but I definitely write them. Uh, he <laughs> writes a lot. They're good. They're good. Um, I'm also great with words. Mine aren't as, like, uh, poetic, and they don't rhyme as much, and um, they're pretty straightforward. But what I loved about this was Birch really encouraged us. Our boys were really little, so I think that's important 
important to hear. Some of um, I've heard this a lot too, right? I think sometimes we rob ourselves with our kids because we assume that when they're little, it doesn't matter. And we have found that it does matter. You may think that a concept you're bringing to your young child is over their head, but it's only over their head because it hasn't been presented exactly. and explained. And so with our boys, they were really young. And, you know, we sat down, Birch and I, 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 I can't even remember, to be honest, it's been so long if our oldest gave input or not, because he was tiny. But we do know that, you know, we have videos of him and he loves people. You know, one thing you know about our oldest is, you know, when it comes to punishment, just separate him from the crowd. Like he has FOMO. He loves people. If I tell him we're going somewhere, his first question is, who's going to be there? Are my right. friends going to be there? Right. And so we just knew that like he gets that from us. Yep. We love people. Yep. We just genuinely love people. But but our foundation is because we love Jesus. Absolutely. And so how can we like... Marry the two in a way that gives our boys a clear picture to who is the Paul family. And yeah. we ask them all the time, who are we? And they'll say, oh, we're the Paul family. Well, what does that mean? And this statement, I actually want you to say it because yeah. you're way better. I botch everything. But this statement has been so instrumental because guess what? There are moments and there are days, not just our boys, but us, the parents, where we forget. And we get off track. And when we have a moment that is a teaching moment, we go back to who are we? Oh, yeah. And Birch is going to tell you right now what our vision for our family is. And and we really, I will say this, when we first came up with this, we were kind of like, I hope people get that from us. I've actually encountered people that do not know that. They've never heard us outright say this is our family statement. Yeah. And I am constantly affirmed that that is how people experience us. So Absolutely. why don't you go ahead and tell them what it yeah. is? So our family motto is we are an unapologetically affectionate family who will make Jesus famous by the way we love each other and others. And so each phrase, each line of that motto is very important to us. We are. And so it's about, it's about us it's about this this crew. It's about this family. We're not looking towards other people first. We're looking towards inward first. Like we're building something on the inside of these four walls of our house. So we are an unapologetically affectionate family. That means we hug, we kiss, we dance, we hold hands. We're not afraid to do those things. We don't say sorry for being affectionate because that's who we are. And, and know this too, we have boys. Absolutely. So I just want to say this too. You know, there's a culture where boys are supposed to be like just tough and like emotionless. And I'm not trying to like generalize, but this is just sometimes what you hear of like boys, you know, like tough and like our boys, no man, they see their friends. You better be ready. They are leaning in for a hug. Oh yeah. Yeah. They'll high five. They'll pound it, but they are just in a very healthy, appropriate way, affectionate. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the misnomer that many culturally will have is that people will see love or affection as weakness when it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, tell me somebody who you felt in your life made a big impact and is more than likely going to be somebody who loved you well, who was there for you, who was present, and you would never call that person weak. And so we try to dismantle that thinking in our home by thinking that affection or love is weak. It's actually very, very strong. The Bible says no greater love have a man than this that gives up his life for his friend. And so love 
is a very strong thing, and we want to be ones who love strong. Nothing's wrong with being a strong person, being strong-willed, strong-minded. All those things are important, but we want to make sure that we we knew that as a family, we were not going to be afraid to show affection. And so um, as it continues, who will make Jesus famous? Our purpose in this world is to be missionaries, no matter where we find ourselves. And that starts with our kids, no matter how young they are, too. It, and because they're on the mission with us. They didn't ask to be born into this family, but they were. <laughs> <laughs> and our life, our life's end is to make Jesus famous. It's to make Jesus famous to our neighbor. It's to make Jesus famous to the barista. It's to make Jesus famous to our, our extended family, who in, in so many ways always need Jesus, don't we all? And so we, we, don't, we don't think for a second that we are placed in our neighborhood just so that we can have a nice curb appeal or a cool house or every so often lend some, you know, uh, some sugar to your neighbor or uh, a I space think, heater. I don't think people do that do anymore. Do people do that anymore? No, everyone's hey, so afraid. <laughs> hey, neighbor, can I borrow some stevia or no. uh, or or whatever they use now, monk fruit? <laughs> it used to be, you remember, okay, wait a second. We got to go off topic for a second here. Back in the day when we were kids, if you locked yourself out of the house, uh-huh. you went to your neighbors because yep. your neighbor had the house key. Had a spare. Nobody's yep. giving their neighbors no, house keys no, no, these no, days. No, not anymore. Anyways, that's for a different conversation. Yeah. But yes, yeah. our boys, we honestly, you know, and again, just hear this too. They're not perfect. We're not perfect. But we really do strive to every encounter we have with other people even honestly, sometimes it's not even about how other people see us. It's even within the context of the walls of our home. Oh, yeah. Like how our boys treat each other when no one's watching. Yeah. Here's the deal. For someone listening, it, what can you offer if you don't have it happening in your own home? Exactly. You know, what, what you pour out into others has to spill out of what's already in there. And it starts yeah. in your own home. So we, we even hold them accountable to that. Hey, the way you spoke to your brother right now. Mm-hmm. Like, is that the way you feel like is going to draw people to Jesus? Like, or is that going to just show people that it's okay? Yeah. You know, like God created your brother. God loves your brother. Absolutely. Jesus died for your brother. Yeah. Is the way you just spoke to him a way that makes Jesus famous for the right reasons? Absolutely. And so we have those kind of conversations. And, um, you know, again, it's not about us. We really hope that when people see us, they don't, they're not impressed by the Paul family. I honestly think about this a lot because I'm 40 now (laughs) and kind of start talking about like life insurance and you just start talking about things Mm -hmm. (laughs) that are closer to the other side. And, um, I think about this a lot. I think in our younger days in parenting, there's this like, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of pride. Like you want to look like you've got it together. You know, your kids are happy. Parents are happy. You know, I think as I get older, I, I think a win for us is that people, they don't remember the Paul family. They just remember how they saw God through the Paul family. Right, absolutely. Like what God did or how they showed Jesus. Like I yeah. think about this a lot. I don't want when people encounter me to be like, wow, Lauren's got it going on. I hope they don't even think about me. And so we're trying to t- deposit that into our boys even at a young age. Yeah, that, that, that people will remember how they felt, how they maybe got a glimpse of something different 
and that it wasn't about our talent or our abilities or the things that we said. It was about who we pointed them to, and that's Jesus for us. And the last part of that motto is by the way we love each other and others. And we and we touched on this, but it really does begin mm-hmm. with how we even treat each other. Because you can be a testimony to the love of God by how you just love each other and how, how, how you care for each other, how you stick up for each other. You know, I've heard um, a lot of this... Uh, you know, this, this motto even came into development because people used to tell me, man, I can really tell that you just love your wife or I can just really tell that you guys are really in love. And people would just randomly say stuff like that. And I think it's because like, if you would walk by, I'd be like, babe alert, or, <laughs> or I'd like pinch your butt or something like that. Little things that just... Don't don't, don't go around pinching people's just butt, guys. Li- li- little things <laughs> just to kind of keep the, the, the candle lit, if you know what I'm saying. But like, you know, people would tell me things like, man, I can really tell you guys really love each other. And I was like, that that hits me. Because if people can't even tell that we love each other, man, what... What testimony you said? Are we making Jesus famous for the right reasons? It's like we can either make Jesus yeah, famous or so infamous. True. You know what I'm saying? That's so true. With our life, and so I wanted to make sure that we we had it. You know, something that we we wrote down and said often that it started with how we loved each other, but then it also fleshed itself out to how we loved others. Yeah. And so that means anybody, anybody outside of uh, the Paul tribe is the others and we want to love people well and so yeah we are an unapologetically affectionate family who will make jesus famous by the way we love each other and others that's our family motto and it it means so much to us one because i think it it does a few things for us it predetermines a few things for us it it predetermines how we are going to act things that we're going to say places that we're going to go, um, because, you know, the Bible says without vision, the people cast off of strength or the, the and, and, and the thing I think about is just recently, um, we kind of picked back up, uh, the, the habit of meal prepping. So over the last few weeks, I've been meal prepping like on a Saturday, on a Sunday, and it's, it's a lot of work up at the front, but the good thing about meal prepping is, is that no matter what's happening through the course of the week, because I've, I've meal prepped for Lauren and I for five five days. Of, it makes it about five, yeah. About five days of mm-hmm. meals, lunch and dinner. And one thing I know is when it's time for me to eat, I know exactly what I'm putting into my body. Mm-hmm. I know the amount of protein I'm putting in. I know the amount of vegetables I'm putting in. I know the amount of healthy fats I'm putting into my body. One, because I've scaled it out. I've portioned it out and I've predetermined what I'm going to eat. So when I start getting hungry, I, I think less about popping into the gas station and getting like some bag of chips. Self-sabotaging. You know, and self-sabotaging <laughs> myself, right? And or I or I get I don't think about jumping into the drive-through and getting that chicken sandwich that is calling my name because I'm starving. Instead, because I've already predetermined what I'm going to eat. And I put it in a place where I can get to it easily and readily. You know, it's in like a little Tupperware. When it's time for me to eat, I know exactly what I'm going to eat, what I'm putting in my body, what it's going to mean for me. I've already predetermined my diet. 
And so I think a family motto can also help in the same ways to start to predetermine the way that you're going to behave, the way that you're going to live, because we've already set this thing up and truthfully try to set ourselves up for success. And I think it helps the kids in so many ways to kind of keep that vision in front of them. Yeah. And you know, we, I'm kind of backtracking that. I've actually, even as, this is what I love about this podcast is sometimes even as we process and have this conversation, things come to me and I don't think we've even ever talked about you, you know, the very beginning of it is unapologetic. Mm-hmm. And I will say that is something that, you know, before I gave my life to Jesus and again, just with all respect to the adults in my life, you know, up until I realized that I had permission and authority to like unapologetically be who God created me to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like, it's funny, I even literally remember, I've always been that person who will just say, I love you a hundred times. I love you, I love you, I love you. And I remember, I remember adults in my life being like, why do you keep saying that? What do you, okay, okay, okay. You know, and, and I, as I, you know, got older, I thought like, man, is there something wrong with me? Should I maybe not do that? And unapologetic is powerful mm-hmm. because I think even in like this culture that is exhausted, burnt out without vision, just literally waking up, striving, performing, and then doing it all over the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for somebody like you've got to really kind of like chew on that word unapologetic because here's the deal. Um, what we're describing, some of you are hearing this and thinking, wow, this is amazing. How amazing. You want to love Jesus and others. This sounds so great. Guess what? We've realized in the 10 years that we've had this family statement, a lot of people love it. They appreciate it. As Birch said, they've, they've called it out and said they've noticed it, but it offends a lot too. Sure does. Um, not everyone loves love. And, and I think it's because for some, you reject what you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so it's important, even the unapologetic piece, because back to Jesus being famous, Jesus was unapologetic yep. in the approach that he knew was the necessary one. Yep. And, you know, you look at the life of Jesus and you think, how could anyone be upset with him? How could anyone X, Y, Z? Because unfortunately, in a hurting world, even an approach of love and light can offend. So the unapologetic is important. Absolutely. Because our boys already, 10, 7, and 5, oh, yeah. are realizing that being the affectionate kid, being the patient kid, being the kid who's quick to ask for forgiveness is not popular. Nope. It's not cool. It's not trending. So they're realizing like even now how they have to be unapologetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's also not socially rewarding all the time. Absolutely not. Because, you know, the thing, unfortunately, that gets rewarded socially is the thing that is in a lot of ways counter- to what the word of God says. And I, I remember I, I did an Instagram live a couple of weeks ago, and I really challenged people to stop celebrating the things that God condemns. Come on. And we so often celebrate things like choose violence. Like people, I, I've, I've, I don't know if you've ever heard it before, but there's like these uh, Instagram reels where it's like that spoken word over somebody doing something. And they say, you know what? When you wake up this morning... Be petty. Go low. If they go low, you go to the basement. 
choose violence today, you know, and all those things get celebrated and considered to be fun or cool or, or for some reason praiseworthy, they're actually so counter to what the word of God says to us. And when you are the kid, the 10 year old who's asking for forgiveness, who's checking, checking on somebody to see if they're hurt or not, you kind of get labeled as that kid who is either soft or who's a punk or who is, you know, lame. But I'm telling you, and, and I've told this, this to the boys so many times, the kid that you show kindness to, that the kid that you show love to will remember it when they, when they hit a rock bottom moment, when they feel like they don't have a friend or they've been having a rough time at home and they pop back into school, they're going to see you and they're going to remember that you were kind to them. And it's going to, it's going to allow you to have room to now maybe speak into their life in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, again, you know, I've actually never realized the power of even how we started that, you know, unapologetic, you know, for some of you, we're going to talk about some parenting principles that, you know, again, we do not have it figured out. I feel like every time we think we do, um, parenting throws you a curveball and we've got to go back to the word of God, back to wise counsel, also back to like assessing like the wiring of our kids because that's a whole nother conversation. Like Absolutely. we've realized we can't parent all three of our boys the same. Nope. It's not beneficial for them. It's not nope. beneficial for us. But I think it's important for someone to understand that some of the things we're going to share with you, it's going to contradict what you experienced as a child. Yeah. I'll say this, for some of you, you're in a place right now, I know this because this was the feedback we got and why we knew this was the right episode for you. Some of the pushback you're getting is that you're realizing with your own kids, there's a better way. Yeah. And unfortunately, God love them, but your different way offends your parents, yep. offends the grandparents because yep. it's different. Absolutely. And honestly, they got their chance to do it their way. It's your turn. Absolutely. And so this is where you have to, regardless of what you determine is going to be your family statement, Absolutely. the vision for your family. May it be one that is unapologetic. Yeah. I think that's important before you move on from that. The, um, the, the thing about this is your opportunity to parent your kids. And sometimes the way that you want to live your life now might rub up against or offend either the generation before you. I think that's important because there's a lot of parents these days that I even personally know that, man, God bless them. They've got super involved, super active grandparents in the situation. And man, how helpful is that? When you need a date night, when you need uh, you need some time off, you need somebody to come get these kids. Man, they're close by. That's so great. But I think it's also important to make sure that you are allowing grandparents to be fully grandparents and you to be fully the parent of that kid because there's going to be so much uh, conflicting information and leading that might come into their mind because if that grandparent wants to be a grandparent but is operating like a parent, they're going to possibly repeat the same things that maybe you've been trying to break inside of your child and now you'll have double work you have to you have to break the thing or heal from the thing on the inside of you then help your child 
heal and break the thing inside of them and then try to give them something new, a new foundation, a new perspective. And so it's so important to establish what you are trying to create with your spouse, with your children, something brand new in your home. Yeah. And I'll say this too, maybe you're a grandparent listening, you know, and, and I, it's funny, we're, we're still in the, the early stages of parenting, but I remember the moment we had our oldest, I was already dreaming about being a grandparent. I don't know what it is. Some people are like, who don't call me a grandma. I cannot wait to be a grandma. I don't know what it is. I just think I can't wait to see my children get to have this opportunity and see how everything we've poured into them, just see what they decide to do. But for the grandparent listening, I would say this too, you know, um, it's kind of twofold, right? Like I've had conversations even with our own parents where when you spend time with my children, you're not babysitting. Grandparents don't babysit. Right. Right. Grandparents spend time with their kids. Now, given the circumstances, in some cases, I do know it's an unusual amount of time spent versus like the average visit. Sure, sure. But I would say to the grandparent listening, when those moments come, like have a conversation with your children, the parents of your grandchildren, and have a agreed upon posture of, hey, I want permission to pour into the grandkids, tell them about my life, tell them about, you know, like really just, I think that's so important, right? Oh For my our gosh, kids to yes, like, yes. like understand who their grandparents are. Generations, legacy. But that there be a clear understanding of what is the posture of the parents so that it could be honored. Yes. You know, I think sometimes what's so confusing for kids that is that, you know, they spend time with their parents where they're taught obedience, right? Hey, we have a certain kind of way we do things. We're going to do it this way. And then it's constantly ingrained in them. But then the minute they go to grandparents' house, it's like, whoop, rules out the door. We're Everything's gonna do- thrown out the window. I mean, I'm just being very real right now. Like I've literally will even witness people say, oh, well, whatever. When they're with me, they do whatever, you know, X, Y, Z. And I just think that unfortunately that actually causes more harm than good for the kids. Very true. Because then the parents have to like almost reset and like hit the reset button with the kids. Recalibrate. But then also there's this whole confusion of like, man. The adults in my life are not on the same page. Exactly. And so I just, again, I'm not saying which way is right or wrong. I just think what we've learned, even with our own parents, is the importance of saying, hey, I'm not saying that when they're with you, you can't give them a cookie. Okay, so in my context, I like to eat healthy, but I get it. When they go to grandparents' house, they're going to have the stuff that we don't have. It's fine. What is a non-negotiable is the way we speak to our kids. Mm -hmm. What is a non-negotiable is the content they watch on the TV. Like there's just certain things that have to be an agreed upon posture that when they spend time, and I'm just putting grandparents out there, but maybe it could be an aunt, it could be an uncle, another adult in the family, right? That is entrusted with that time with the kids that you guys respectfully agree upon what are those, what is that vision and how can we support one another Absolutely, that it's clear. And I, you know, I have, there's this quote, I actually want to read it. Um, I'm back to like volunteering at our boys school and I've just been noticing a lot. I'm, I'm that person. I'll step into something and I notice things. And um, how often will you hear an adult say to the kid, are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? I mean, we do this, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, literally we're like, look me in the eyes. What did you hear me say? 
And this quote, literally, I'm going to read this. It hits. It says, don't worry that children never listen to you. Worry that they are always watching you. Oh, yeah. And I think it's so key. Like, okay, we talked about a vision statement. While it's wonderful, we even have it written out. In our prior house, we had it displayed on the wall. We're actually revamping how we want it to look to have on display. But you can put it on the wall. But if you're not actually modeling it for your kids... Guys, like it has to be something that we don't just say, like, listen to me. We are an unapologetic. No, no, no. Is that how they experience us? Do Mm -hmm. they watch us be that way when we're in the car and someone cuts us off? Are they seeing how we respond to conflict? Absolutely. Do we actually model that? And, you know, that quote always gets me because, again, like it doesn't matter in our older culture. It was, you know, don't do as I do. Just do as I say. Right. I remember literally having right. adults say to me when, cause you know, kids always will call you out. Oh yeah. I gotta actually tell you a funny story. I told yeah, you this. Ahead. You know what I'm going to say? Ahead, go ahead, go you ahead. already know what I'm going to say? Yeah. Yesterday, our five-year-old, um, anyways, it was, it was a long day. We, we kind of had it coming for us. It was a school day. We took him to see a soccer game. We commuted back an hour. It was a long day. Everyone was hot, sweaty, tired. And, um, and I was a little on edge. And so we come back and my youngest, after he has given me so much pushback all day, says, I love you, mommy. I love you. And I, in a moment of flesh flash, <laughs> I looked at him and I said, oh yeah. I said, if you love me so much, why you give mommy such a hard time when I ask you to do something? You got to understand, like I can say, take a shower and this kid will fight me on taking a shower. Oh yeah. So I said, the words came out of my mouth and I said, oh yeah, if you love me, why do you give mommy such a hard time when I give you a simple instruction, right? (laughs) And this five-year-old, quick, okay, five years old, clapped back at me and said, well, if you, how come you love me and you speak to me with angry voice? (laughs) Listen, got her. tell me this quote is not true. So true. And I remember being a child, if I would have said that to my parents... It would have been a wrap. What would have happened? Oh, it would have been a wrap. Forget about it. I would have lost my butt. I would have lost my teeth. I would have lost my butt. I would have got hit so hard on the butt with the belt, I would have had to pick it up with my own hands. Okay, right? So how many of you are hearing this and you're like, ooh, that kid would have been a dead kid. I laughed so hard. Why? Because guess what? While what he said to me felt like a clapback... All my five-year-old did was bring to my attention, hey, what you just said to me doesn't line up with how I experienced you today, Right. literally today. And I think, you know, when I was growing up, I would hear this. I remember being told by teachers, by, you know, coaches, you know, you would say, hey, how, but you just said, fill in the, and they would say, listen, just do as I say, not as I do. Right. And I just couldn't get down with that saying. No, no. Because I'm like, what does that even mean? No, that doesn't fly. And not so I all. say that to say for somebody listening, maybe today's episode is to help you even maybe just see yourself and realize that children are always watching. Always, always. And and you've got to have the, the courage To be self-aware. Oh, yeah. Because it takes, like, that was a moment we laughed about it. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, oh, my gosh, is this really true? And you have to have the courage to face it. You ever, like, like, uh, 
like uh, have a couple of people look at a baby and like the baby smiles at one person, smiles at the next person. And then it's seemingly a nice person walks up and the baby kind of like frowns at the person. They're like, that baby can see inside your soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the, uh, like, are you, can you look inward? Would you, would, you, would you look inside and say, are these things in me? Because in those moments when I get squeezed, what mm-hmm. comes out? The, yeah. the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And listen, all of us have room to grow here. Oh, yeah. Every single one of us. Like, listen, yes, we wrote a, uh, a nice motto, but we have to grow in that. We have to grow in our, and I have to grow in my love for all people at all times. Because there's there's moments when I'm, I'm literally, literally exhausted. Not just like saying, oh, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. But I am actually like four o'clock in the morning, uh, working all day up until, you know, nine o'clock at night with people interacting, doing different things, cooking, all this stuff. And sometimes at that last hour of my day, I get squeezed and something happens in my, in, in around me, be it a this person. This is why we have to put them to bed on time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we- <laughs> help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. We Jesus. tell our kids, if you push bedtime, we are not held responsible yeah. or liable for whatever yeah. comes out of our mouth yeah. past bedtime. <laughs> yeah. And so you get squeezed and whatever's in there is what's going to come out. You're not going to find something in there that's that wasn't put in there. So you got to ensure that you have the courage to look inside and be like, all right, do I, what do I need to deal with? What do I need to focus on? What do I need to say, you know, this is, this is who we are and this is an aspiring value of who we are. You know what? We may not quite yet be so unapologetically affectionate, but you know, we want to get there. And so we, we want to talk about it a lot and we want to deal with it. And, you know, we, 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 we don't always think about making Jesus famous in everything. But you know what? We're going to deal with the fact that we're, you know, a little bit self-centered or I get a little bit selfish or I get in my, I'm in my emotions and I, I bleed on people that didn't cut me. And I, all these things, I've got to have the courage to look inside and say, what do I need to deal with in me? that I can then help create this culture. Because listen, culture doesn't get created by the kids. Uh, uh, Well, at least a healthy culture won't get created by the kids. It gets caught. It gets caught by them, but it must be created by the leaders. And in your home, as a parent, you are the leader. You are the pastor. You are the president. You are the principal. You are the leader of your home, and you've got to create the culture. You can't let it be created for you because if you just let things kind of be willy-nilly all day long, you will have a culture created for you, and you'll step back a month from now, uh, a year from now, and say, this is not who I wanted my children to become. You've got to learn how to create a culture. And even if you're not there yet, you've got to aspire towards something and put it in front of you. And um, I I think that's going to really, I think that really helps. And I, I tell you what, with our kids, like Lauren said earlier, we, we don't, we haven't made it fully. We, we, we haven't arrived in any of this. Just even this morning, like I remember like uh, dropping the boys off at school and the two older ones were getting into it. And I was like, hey, guys, does that, does that show honor to your brother? Does that, does that show your brother that you value him? And, 
And they were like both saying no. I said, now hug it out. And I did not do it very loving. <laughs> and I made them hug in, in front of like their whole school, which, <laughs> <That's social suicide. laughs> which is kind of messed up. <laughs> it's a That's little bit funny. messed up. I said, I don't care who sees you. Hug it out. <laughs> well, it goes back and, to the whole counterculture. And, and so, again, yeah. here, here I am trying to yep. teach them to be affectionate, but I'm definitely not doing it in a way that's going to give praise to Jesus. So we haven't well, listen, arrived. Sometimes Jesus had to tell the disciples, what's up? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the tone yeah. was yeah. a little bit like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, seriously? Yeah, we haven't arrived. But man, I tell you what, we're tr- it is not for a lack of effort. We are trying yeah. our best. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'll say, oh, you know, man. you mentioned creating culture. I just want to remind you, someone listening that, What's at risk if you're not intentional with that? Now, here's the thing, too. The goal is not perfection. No. The goal is take one step. Yes. Look at, maybe start with one day. I would honestly say that. Start with, like, one day. So today, before I even try to come up with the vision statement, before I even try to communicate to our family what it is, maybe for one day, just be really observant of what, what's happening in your house. How do people speak to each other? For the single mom listening, I just want to address the single parent, single mom, single dad, maybe grandparents raising kids. Because I know we're giving you a picture of a united front, husband and wife that love each other. Some of you are thinking, well, nice for you. I don't have that. I think this is possible no matter where you find Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. I say more power to the single parents. Yep. Because what you're doing is establishing something that moving forward Yep. Is the biggest legacy you could give your kids. Absolutely. But I'll say this. Maybe for one day, you just take note of what's the culture. How do people speak to each other? Look at yourself. How do you speak? How do you respond? What sets you off? What drains you? What makes you feel like nasty stuff spills out? Don't say anything. Just be observant. Take note of it. And start with one thing. What is one thing if you changed it today? would have the greatest impact. Oh, yeah. Maybe in your home, it's uh, the tone. You know what? I noticed in our house that when we're in conflict or we disagree or something's happening, we all scream. Mm-hmm. I don't know the Bible verse to attach to it, but I just know it doesn't feel good. Yeah. So we're going to learn how to maybe lo- like lower our voice, a little self-restraint. Yep. Maybe in your home, it's you're lying to each other. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to each other, yeah. right? You're keeping secrets. Maybe it starts with you. You know what? From now on, you're just going to be straight up. My boys know if I'm exhausted, I am not going to be that martyr who pretends like it's all good. I, with within age-appropriate and healthy boundaries, am the parent who will tell my boys, give mom a second. Hey, give me a second, guys. I'm really exhausted. Just give me one second. Yeah. Because I'm self-aware that if I don't say that, nothing good is going to come, right? Yeah. But I just want to say this, like one thing. What is the one thing? Yeah. And when that thing shifts, move on to the next thing. Yep. And then this is, this is why. Because without it, without an intentionality to create healthy culture, here's the thing. For some of you, you are creating something. Yep. And it's chaos. Yep. So some of you would say, well, I don't have the time or the effort or the energy to do that. But I want you to understand that not doing the harder thing, you are creating something. Yep. And it's called chaos. Yep. And you see it. You see it and you feel it. 
And you know what? I would rather have the energy and the effort go into something that's going to create a culture that is beneficial than to live in chaos. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, as you were even saying, like you mentioned creating culture. And I think for someone like you got to understand if you don't, that's okay. But just know you are creating something. It will be created whether you like it or not. And this is what is at risk. And so just one thing, what's the one thing, you know, maybe it is that everybody's so exhausted and spent and running, 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 running that maybe for your family, you guys don't have one part of the day ever that you're all sitting down at the table. Yeah. Maybe that's what the the step is. I was literally just thinking that maybe one meal a week. And we've been there. Listen, listen. I want to just say we've been there. Oh, absolutely. We had a season where we realized we got off track. COVID, like a lot of people, when we were home all the time and nobody was looking at their schedules you because nobody was going, we kind of all went off the rails, you right? Took it for everybody stayed up late. Everybody like overindulged in, in, in Netflix and Instagram. People like food, oh, you're hungry? Snack all day. Let's just eat. Absolutely. All of us have been there. Yeah. And so we even realized, oh my goodness, we need to, it's not going to happen every night, but we are going to make it a priority that if it's breakfast, if it's dinner, at, honestly, sometimes it's not even a meal. Like we literally with our boys have a monthly on the calendar. We just started this family meeting. Yep. And let me tell you, does it look like a beautiful family meeting? No. Sometimes it's literally spent retraining our kids. Hey, sit down, sit down, sit down. It's Where like are you going? Sit down. Hurting cats. Hey, like literally they don't want to be at this family meeting, but we're trying to show them. No, no, no. We're going to sit down. Yeah. Hey, next month, what do you want to do? What are some fun things? I'm not promising you we're going to do all the things, but we want to hear yeah. what's fun for you. Yeah, and, and what's happening in your life is important, and you have a voice. All those things are being taught to them. Yeah, how honestly, are we doing? What, yeah. what are, what are, how are you experiencing mom and dad? And honestly, I'll say this. This is why you have to be self-aware, and you have to be a complete, confident whole person, is when you ask your kids how you're doing, Don't be defensive because they're going to let you have it. Uh (laughs) But I just, for somebody want to encourage you that if you're hearing us say this and maybe you're feeling like defeated by it already, or maybe you feel already discouraged, just one thing, one thing. Yeah. And I guarantee you keep doing that. And before you know it, you are doing some pretty important, significant work in your home. Absolutely. Some of you, that one thing might just be one night a week to sit down at the dinner table, no phones, no TV on, and talking to each other, that might be a catalytic moment in your family life. And I would love to hear about that. Honestly, um, this has been such a great conversation, and um, we're excited about what we have to share with you guys later on, but we would love to hear about what it is in your family life that is the one thing that you're working on. You know, maybe you guys feel like this is a time where we need to develop a family motto, a life verse. This is something that we're going to share together. We're going to speak about it often. Please share with us. We would love to hear about it. You can reach out to us on social media, 
at uh, at Lauren Nicole Paul. At my name is Birch on Instagram. You can also email us, birchandlauren at gmail.com. We would love so much to hear from you guys. Maybe you've got some suggestions for some some, uh, info for a future topic or something we could share about in a a future episode. We would love to hear about it. This has been great. Listen, you do not want to miss next week's episode. We're going to continue talking about parenting, and we've got some really great stuff for you guys. Once again, thank you guys for checking out the black and white podcast my name is birch that's lauren and we are out of here